Hello, I'm Joaquin Ruiz, Dean of the University of Arizona's College of Science, and this is Arizona Science. With me here today is Russell Monson, the Louis Foucault Marshall Professor of Ecology and Evolutionary Biology and the Laboratory of Tree Ring Research at the University of Arizona. Welcome, Russ. You're the speaker for this uh, Monday's the UA Science Lecture Series, Earth Transformed. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So tell me a bit about uh, ecosystems and global climate change. So I will be giving the third lecture in the series. Uh, the first two are focusing primarily on the role of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere in terms of uh, changing climate patterns around the world. Uh, carbon dioxide has a second important role when we bring ecosystems into the picture, and that is that it is the matter, if you will, the mass that ecosystems use to build up their own uh, biomass and to sustain their metabolism. And so I'm going to talk uh, in the initial part of, of my presentation about the two faces of carbon dioxide, the, the one face where it uh, promotes uh, uh, growth in ecosystems, uh, you might say a positive face, and the second face, which is the one where it influences climate change. And uh, the pace at which it's influencing climate change uh, these days is quite a bit faster than what ecosystems have had to deal with in the past. And so this might be considered the negative side of CO2, if you will, in that uh, it's, it's challenging ecosystems to uh, keep pace with climate changes they've never seen uh, in the past. And as a result, it's, it's producing stresses that in some places are popping up as uh, catastrophes, things like mass forest dieback, uh, bark beetle outbreaks which have ravaged many of the forests in the western U.S. So I'll focus a little bit on those two faces of CO2. <clears throat> but I don't want to uh, just leave a negative uh, uh, tone to the lecture. And so in the uh, latter part of the lecture, I'll, I'll make a case for taking a bit of a proactive strategy to bolstering our ecosystems and bolstering our capacity to deal with the, the changes that we've been facing. Uh, during periods of more favorable climate. Uh, we have an El Nino this year in Arizona. People are aware it's a little bit wetter, a little bit cooler than a lot of the winters we've had in the past. And uh, these are opportunities we should take advantage of. We should be proactive and use those, uh, those sort of, of more milder cycles that, that nature provides us to bolster the ecosystems, to actually go in, strengthen their ability to be resilient in the face of future uh, drought challenges or, or, or inclement climate changes we, we may face. Well, how do you do that? How do you bolster ecosystems? Well, there, I mean, there are... Um, uh, there, there are fairly uh, progressive ways and fairly conventional ways. So the, the, the progressive ways might be to take advantage of genomics, our, our ability to, uh, to design <coughs> new varieties of traditional organisms that exist in uh, managed ecosystems, crop ecosystems, as well as natural ecosystems. And, uh, and actually, when it comes time to replant or replenish a landscape that maybe has been ravished by one of these catastrophes, say a, a beetle outbreak or 
or uh, severe drought during uh, very warm uh, climate conditions to come in and replenish that ecosystem with a genetic stock that might be more robust in the face of a future. Or to simply use more conventional methods and go in and, and thin ecosystems uh, with regard to certain species while leaving other species to establish a, a more diverse ecosystem. We know that diverse ecosystems tend to be more robust and resilient in the face of climate change. And so sustaining uh, levels of, of diversity uh, given sort of uh, 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 patterns of, 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 uh, of land use that humans uh, are imposing on these ecosystems might be another strategy. So trying to think that through. As we, as, we, as we go into that proactive phase, though, we realize and are realizing that there are just a lot of knowledge gaps we've yet to, to, to bridge to be able to do it totally effectively. But I think it's something we have to have in our sights and we have to think about uh, in terms of future approaches to, to uh, sustaining these ecosystems. Everybody worries about the Amazon, and, uh, or at least there's an enormous amount of discussion. What's your view of um, the fate of the Amazon as a function of what global climate change? Well, uh, biologically, the Amazon is, is struggling. Uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the effects of, of some of the climate extremes we've had, the drought extremes that we've seen in the western U.S. Uh, also uh, appear in, in the Amazon. Uh, and <clears throat> these are ecosystems which have uh, evolved under relatively, if you will, relatively stable climate conditions. And so when they're uh, challenged with these extreme swings in climate, uh, they have a little bit more difficulty sustaining their, their productivity and their diversity uh, relative to more temperate ecosystems. Um, in, in a lot of ways, uh, the uh, land use changes in the, in the tropics are as important, if, if not potentially impactful, on those ecosystems as are the climate uh, changes. So the, the way that humans are using those forests, uh, the interest that humans have in sustaining them as forests as opposed to using them for other uses, agricultural uses, for example, uh, will have a big impact on, on what, the, what, what those ecosystems are going to look like in the next 10 to 20 years. I can barely wait until Monday to listen to your talk. I'm sure it's going to be extraordinary. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Listen to this and all Arizona Science Conversations at azpm.org slash Arizona Science. Next week, we continue with our conversations with the speakers from the 2016 UA Science Lecture Series, Earth Transformed. I am Joaquin Ruiz.